I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special episode of The Real Forno Show. We've got some real sickos in here tonight, and we are going to do a full first-round mock draft. I have three brilliant gentlemen, and one of them cannot spell worth a damn joining me. But luckily, we're just talking, so spelling doesn't matter. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website, publisher of Substack Run and Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. You are looking live. Welcome to a special edition of The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis. And with me, we've got three smart, sicko gentlemen. Just to my left, Alex Kasten, columnist at Chargers Wire and the Sultan of Spreadsheets. To his left, AJ Schulte of RPM Data, who is the offensive line aficionado, who I know he and Dave will get along really well. And just to his left is Vikings Wire columnist Kevin Fielder, the man who cannot spell but knows how to transition Kaliza Kansi to edge. <laughs> gentlemen. Welcome to the show. How oh, so it took what quick. two minutes to mention that I can't spell? <laughs> not even. Oh, not even. That was right off the bat. Like, <laughs> also, for the record, defining personality uh, trait. For the record, my last name is Katzen. Uh, that's no one has gotten it right on a single show I've done this year. Wait, 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 wait! I, I did say Katzen, right? No, no, you, you said, said Caston. You, you, you said Caston. Like oh my he's gosh, French. <laughs> Katzen. I know it's Katzen. I'm not an idiot. What the? F- oh, we're off to a great start. And as always, in the bottom right corner good, is producer good. Dave. Um, Dave, oh, I, I hate to break oh it to you, God. but I'm using Brave today, and I, it's still blurry. So apparently, it's just a me thing. So I'm gonna have to run the run the damn YouTube video live and try and keep track in my head cannon. So, gentlemen, we're here today to do a first-round mock. 
I have the first pick. AJ picks second. Katzen. Katzen, Katzen, Katzen picks third. And Kevin picks fourth. Um, structured this way, so Kevin and I being writers for the Minnesota Vikings don't pick for the Vikings. We want an outsider's opinion. And I wanted uh, Katzen to cry when I picked for the Chargers. So we're going to have some fun. Uh, Dave, let's fire it up. Let's fire it up. Are you ready to mock? Always. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Always mocking. Always mocking. Kevin yeah. won't be ready oh, until we get to like pick 40. Welcome to the Real Forno Show's Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? All right. This is going to be fun. We are going to pick all 32 picks. And we already have... um, we Some already have comments. technical problems because the draft network mock machine is not working. I promise I didn't sabotage this. Let's be oh, clear. Man. This is Kevin's fault. This is Kevin's fault. Blame Kevin. <laughs> I'm, blame, I'm blaming it on Kevin. Off the PFF. Right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's just pull up a simulator that'll work. I, it worked for us last week. It worked for us the week before it worked for me this morning, but apparently it's Kevin's fault. Um, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's my fault. Let's be is, clear. <laughs> it is Kevin's fault. We no, are going to be using they, the PFF simulator. Yeah, no, they, they knew I was going to show up. And so they, they just knew that they were <laughs> Gentlemen, let's uh, let's uh, let's go around the horn while Dave gets this all set up because we had to make a change on the fly. Um, AJ, I'll start with you. What are your overall thoughts on this draft class? Oh, um, it is rough. We'll just we'll we'll just we'll just put it lightly. I've been talking to a lot of a lot of people, uh, a lot of scouts. Uh, the first round grades just across the board that are starting to get finalized this week are slim, very few and far between. Uh, I kind of expect we'll see a huge run on the premium positions because of that. So you're going to see a lot of corners, a lot of tackles, a lot of edge guys go probably a little bit earlier than mocks. And then the skill position Mm -hmm. talent, just the start of day two just goes nuts. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with you. This is, this is a very weird draft class because it, I don't have anybody with a blue chip grade where I consider that above 90 my highest rated player is Jalen Carter and he's at 88.7. I just, even how, how much I love Carter, I don't think there's a real blue chip guy in this class, but the quarterbacks, if you hit on one of those, it, they're blue chip automatically just by default. Kevin, how about you? Uh, I think it's concerning when I'm out here, like, I don't know how to say this, advocating to switch arguably the best interior defensive line prospect to edge. But I, this this class is kind of bad. Like, top to bottom, I, there are guys I like, but I I don't mm-hmm. love this class in any way. Yeah. Katzen, how about you? 
Um, I think that this class is defined by the fact that uh, everyone in it is a huge outlier for some reason or another. Um, you have guys like Kevin is talking about Kalaja Kansi, who is like the smallest defensive tackle of all time. And like, uh, I think there's like eight of the smallest 10 linebackers uh, as far as like hand or arm size or something goes of all time. And like, even the quarterbacks are tiny. Like Bryce Young is tiny. Jay Kaner is tiny. Um, Anthony Richardson is an outlier in the opposite direction, but you know, everyone is an outlier. Um, it makes the draft um, bad because, um, because <laughs> there's uh, too much, uh, there's too many different things to have to worry about um, in terms of like how things are going to translate either from a, uh, super freak athlete who uh, is not necessarily great at football yet or a uh, guy who's great at football but is a uh, tiny 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 man yeah. uh, so it's just it's hard to navigate i think for sure yeah I just absolutely. say it's incredibly concerning that quarterback for this class is will levis and he drinks mayo with his coffee so there's no redeeming qualities to this only sometimes like top to bottom you know you know the draft you know this draft class is a problem when we're two weeks from the draft and the biggest topic is is will levis too shredded to play quarterback in the nfl like there's nothing else to talk about we're like nobody cares right all the running backs are trash we're not drafting any of them right Bijan, go away Mm. is he too shredded to play that that's the main topic of focus (laughs) Like this is—it's just—it's yeah. just. I'm like I'm wanting this to be done with. This the but, draft discourse right now is yeah something else. I'll I'll, I'll say this before we jump in because we got to get going on this mock. Um, I just finished evaluating Dalton Kincaid and he barely got a second round grade for me because he has the physicality of Gumby. Um, I just I <laughs> I don't see what people like Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah are seeing. Yeah, the dude's 24. Like, I'm not a breakout age snob, but when you're breaking out at age 23 in the Pac-12 against some pretty bad defenses, I have a lot of questions. And you didn't do a great job answering. Look, Washington has a good defense. Utah has a good defense. (laughs) No, they don't. No, they don't. Washington's defense is not good. They don't. Well, they they used to be. I'm All right. Let's have some fun mocking because there are – there's going to be some interesting – Interesting picks here in this draft. Dave, let's fire it up. How many rounds? Just one. We're just going to do the first seven. 31 picks. All seven. All seven. All We're going to be here for four hours. <laughs> Listen, also, we, we could do it. We've been Kevin the whole time. We... <laughs> Get... <laughs> at, at a certain right. point, we'll just ask Kevin to, to fill time. We'll just ask Kevin to spell a random <laughs> prospect's name. Just off of hearing it, see if he gets it. Add it to Miwa, add a ball. Oh, that would be rough. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I could give uh, you an easy one. Clark Phillips, but you'd still get it wrong. You put the wrong amount of L's. All right. I have the deep? first overall pick. Yeah, um, I have the first overall pick. And honestly, for the Carolina Panthers, there's, in my opinion, there's two options. It's either C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson because I, I struggle Kaner. with Bryce Young. Oh, I love Jay Kaner. He's our king, but no. Um, I struggle with Bryce Young because of his size, and even though you he has ways to maneuver around it, I don't want to take that kind of outlier when I have very comparable prospects on the board. And quite frankly, even though it's a close race between the top three, Bryce Young's my quarterback three, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, I love Richardson's upsides, but I cannot get over 
how crisp and clean C.J. Stroud is throwing the football. He can make throws to all levels of the field. He is comfortable doing literally everything and can do almost everything at a high level. He, even though he's safe, I still think the ceiling is really high. I'm taking C.J. Stroud for Carolina at number one. Good pick, good pick, good pick. Good. You can make the argument for Richardson because of that insane upside, and he's got a baseline with his rushing ability, and he's already so clean as far as how he maneuvers the pocket and his poise, but Stroud's too good. He's my number two player yeah. in this class. Yeah. We're we're getting to the point now where I don't I don't know if you guys saw it come out today, but Bryce Young is now the betting odds on favorite to be the first overall pick. Of course he is. I I, I don't know how much yeah. I necessarily buy that, but that segues in nicely to me picking second overall here for the Houston Texans. It's Bryce Young. It's Bryce Young. I the, the size is a concern, sure, but when you, when you look at how they're wanting to play offense, that little get some little pick and shoot kind of concepts, work on the Shanahan playbook. Like it, it is a size and like short quarterbacks are starting to die a little bit. Yeah. Do I, if, if there is an outlier to that trend, it would be Bryce young. And so I'm, I'm comfortable taking him. Speaking of short quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Arizona Cardinals. Here we go. Oh, true. Uh, yeah. Alex, that's you. Um, yeah, uh, uh, um, listen, so here's the thing. Um, the Cardinals are, for my money, uh, one of the most incompetent organizations of all time. Um, <laughs> um, there's a lot of smoke that uh, they have Tyree Wilson graded uh, the same as Will Anderson, which is um, not how I would grade them. Um, the thing I is, got Wilson higher, and I, I'm okay with yeah, that. We don't need to talk about this. <laughs> um, You're wrong. The thing is, I, the thing is, is I think at this point, um, Arizona is going to be bullied by someone in that building. I don't know who exactly it's going to be, um, but I think eventually they will be bullied into taking Anderson, who has been, you know, was the number one player coming into the season, has been the number one player pretty much throughout the season, and like pretty much is only not the number one overall player um, because Alabama decided to play him at five tech for some reason for half the season. Um, and also not just five tech, four I. Yeah. Four I also. Yeah. I don't, who knows? Anyway, I think that eventually the Cardinals will do the sensible thing and take Anderson um, because they have no one that can rush the passer uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, except San Diego state hey, legend, Cameron Thomas. Yeah, I was about to say, and, and, and respect Dennis Gardick. Okay. Let, let's have and let's have some Sanders. Is it, <laughs> yeah. Nah, uh, Sanders, Sanders has a physicality Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh listen, Dennis Gardick is fine, but uh, let's get someone in there who can maybe sniff double digit sacks this season. Is all oh, I'm saying. Yeah. No, I'm I'm all with right. you. I think Anderson. We'll see, but. Who knows? Maybe they have him as a tier five pass rusher. You never, you never. Yeah, know. that's true. Maybe, maybe Chris Sims is the GM of the Cardinals. <laughs> He's the one bullying them into taking Tyree well, Wilson. <laughs> he bullied them into taking Lucas Van Ness. Oh, that would be such a Jonathan Gannon pick. Uh, that, that would do be it. Phenomenal. I would, <laughs> I would love it. All right, Kevin, you are up with the Indianapolis Colts at number four. 
I mean, it's. I think like consensus. Can name you can spell. <laughs> so none of them. Uh, <laughs> Sound it out. Sound it out. I'm gonna. Kevin I'm gonna Fielder. take Anthony Richardson. I have doubts about his accuracy, but I still think he's the third best quarterback in this class and has the highest ceiling out of, I think, all the quarterbacks. So it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, they that that seems like it's it's coming around pretty consensus that Anthony Richardson is. I mean, we've kind of known that. Indianapolis has had a thing for him for a little bit, despite all the Hendon Hooker love. And if they're going vertical, I mean, my goodness, you're not going to find one better vertical passer in this class, and that's C.J. Stroud. Yeah, yeah I think we've gone right. pretty chalk so far. I'm going to change that at number five because the Seahawks are going to Seahawk, and Don't do uh, it's this. a sneak preview to my mock draft. Don't do this. Um, at, Don't, Don't do this. On Wednesday. Don't yeah, we're gonna this. we're gonna do it. Look, hold Don't on. Do I, I want to make this Don't argument. This. It's you're, gonna, you're gonna ruin a pick for me they, later on. They always do this. They always make a Seahawks pick, and I think that this Don't is the this. ultimate Seahawks player. <laughs> They're gonna take Clemson Edge Miles Murphy. It's look. Is it too high? Yes. Should he go over um, some of these guys? No. But it's the Seahawks. They beat by their own drum. AJ said it to me earlier. He is an even front guy, not an odd front guy. Are they going to continuously run more odd fronts this year like they did last year? They've always been an even front team. I think that they're going to see Miles Murphy as a more athletic version of what Michael Bennett was, and they're going to want to duplicate it. And I I think that that's why he's going to be the pick. It's also the Seahawks, so you really – It's the Seahawks. You can't really fight it. They do this every year. All right, so I'll pick pick six here at – Detroit, and we'll just. <laughs> Alrighty, we're already off the rails. So yeah, this is. Pick so, a, let's just let's go, pick Joey Porter at six and just go. No, just go absolutely out. not. I'm not picking Joey Porter at six. So here, here's here's the thing with the Detroit Lions, right? If I, I've seen edge rusher here. I could I could make an argument for Tyree Wilson based on the based on the scheme, but. They've already invested a lot into the pass rush room. They've got like five or six defensive end and edge guys all under contract already. I don't know how much they're going to, if they're going to want to spend the sixth overall pick on another one, even if Tyree Wilson might be in a decent shot for development there. Uh, I am not a fan of Jeffrey Okuda so far, and they benched him repeatedly Neither last are they. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they. They repeatedly benched him, and they were frustrated with performance and effort and all sorts of things. So they went out. They, they went out and they signed Emmanuel Mosley. They went out and they signed Cameron Sutton. Go get Christian Gonzalez to complete that trio. You know, you could figure out Okuda later on. If you, you, they haven't even decided if they're going to pick up his fifth year option yet. Make you know, I think Christian Gonzalez. When, when you look at how they draft, they draft young and they draft athletic. They are very much age and. The, RAS score, RAS, whatever you want to call it. Christian Gonzalez is an elite athlete, and he's not even 21 yet. That's why I went over. That's why I went Gonzalez over Witherspoon because Witherspoon's already 22 and a little bit outside of their age range. Gonzalez is also why the brother-in-law the Lions- of famous former Lions quarterback David Blau. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Vikings like him most more importantly. Most, most, most famously known for something his wife did. Um. <laughs> yeah. And also the the duck call thing. No, that was Devlin Hodges. Never mind. <laughs> that was that was Devin. not even, not even him. <laughs> not even not wow. even a line. I don't think. All right, pick number seven, Alex. You get a chance to torture Raiders. What Yay. are you going to do? Um. Well, Let's do it. I think. Yay. Uh, a lot of this has been a popular Will Levis spot. Um, I'm not going to do that because it seems like we collectively, as a society, have um, gotten over the Will Levis thing recently. Except for talking about how he's too shredded to play quarterback. Um, I think that that's probably more in line with how NFL decision makers see Will Levis, which is that it's probably going to be a little bit further down than pick seven here. Um, also, from a Raiders perspective, um, they brought in Jimmy G and Brian Hoyer, I think, if I remember right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the GM is from New England. The head coach is from New England. Everyone is from New England. Jacoby Myers is from New England. Like, they're they're just the Patriots. Um, I think that McDaniels is going to want to roll with Jimmy G this year and see what happens. Um, because if they suck, then the 2024 quarterback class is pretty good. Um, so I think if you're pivoting off of quarterback, then uh, corner is probably the next option there. And so I'm going to take Devin Witherspoon because AJ didn't. Um, because he is uh, the angriest player. Uh, actually, no, he's the second angriest player in this draft class because the angriest player is Marte Mapu. Um, he's the second angriest player in the draft class. Um, the Raiders uh, need help at corner. Um, they've invested a little bit in it, but not any like top picks since like Damon Arnett, who's not in the league anymore. Um, so I think adding another piece on the outside <laughs> and someone who's just going to like beat the crap out of people um, on on the uh, exteriors, uh, the pick. Is there a reason why David Arnett's not in the league anymore? <laughs> no, he's just he's just uh, disappeared into thin air. No one knows where he is. <laughs> he's just poof. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cornerbacks. Oh. Are coming off the board hot and heavy. AJ mentioned it earlier that we're going to see pre- runs on premium positions. We've already seen it with both quarterback and cornerback here at the beginning of the draft. Kevin, you you are up at eight with the Falcons, and they could go a lot of different ways here. Give me Jalen Carter. I mean, I get why he's falling. I, I get why he's falling, but I think some team in the top ten will take a guy with his talent and Atlanta seems like the fit if he's still there at eight and his ability to impact the game interior. I mean, it's almost a no-brainer if he's still on the board at eight. Yeah, uh, I would easily take him at eight. Um, I fuck, if he ends up falling anywhere into the teens, if I'm the Vikings, I'd want to trade up for him. Like no, That's not- just a game record. Reading, reading a comment time. here from Joseph really Acosta, think. Dennis Gardick is not a real person. Um, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? He isn't. He isn't. I don't care. He isn't. See, my 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 one my one hang up would be the fact that they still have Grady Jarrett and they just paid David Onyemata a lot of money. But Jalen Carter, is I don't care. So, so talented. I don't it's care. Like, it's like who cares? Yeah, yeah exactly. You figure it out later. Yeah, I. I think the move Jalen Carter to edge, just is... like Elijah Fancy. Like, make it work. <laughs> Up next, that Vikings wire. 
<laughs> we're gonna move Will Levis to edge because he's too shredded to play quarterback. My caller. Right. Listen, <laughs> if you make a good argument, I will. I will post it, but it's got to be in good faith, and I don't think making Will Levis an edge is in good faith. So let's I don't move think on to pick the score. In good faith. Well, that's Will that's Levis debatable. is in good faith. About that later. Will uh, Levis himself is not good faith. Pick pick number nine. <laughs> that would be for the Chicago Bears. Um, yeah. I know AJ is probably going to have something to say about this. I, I'm taking Paris Johnson Jr. because I think he's the best left tackle in this class. I think he has the highest upside, which is, I think, the route that Chicago needs to go. Plus, he does have guard versatility, and it's it was debatable how good he was at guard in 2021 for Ohio State. But when you want to build your best five, you could do that. But I think you just slide him in at left tackle and let him go from day one. Let him learn on the fly. Um, he and Justin Fields already know each other from their time at Ohio State, so they're going to have a little bit more chemistry than you would if you have um, other players because he's probably going to be able to pick up little nuances with fields that other players, like guys like Skaronsky and Jones, just wouldn't have. Um, so I'm taking Paris Johnson Jr. at nine. Yeah, real no, quick. I, like, um, I, I, like I saw a comment about how um, someone thinks that uh, everyone is drinking. Nope, not true. This is just how we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It only Sorry. gets worse this as we go is, on. This is water. This is water right here, yo. Yeah. This is, this I is had one water. beer an hour and a half ago throwing a ball to Odie outside in our backyard. Like, I, I'm not drinking. This this is just water. I promise. <laughs> hey, Tyler, can hey. you let Odie make a couple picks for a, a mock draft? Because I just want to see if he would not pick yeah. Miles Murphy at five. <laughs> Listen, I don't think you should go at five. I think the Seahawks <laughs> might take him at five. So I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you there, Tyler, on Paris Johnson going to Chicago. Um, I think it kind of gives you, lets you figure out where to put Braxton Jones. You know, kind of either, either at right tackle, you're going to move him inside, compete with Tevin Jenkins. I don't know, but I, I'm kind of with you. I think he's at least a little bit more comfortable for projection at left tackle rather than going. And eh, maybe Braxton Jones will figure it out. You already have your solution. Paris Johnson is a gifted player in his own right. So I, I, I don't have any qualms <laughs> with it. I do just want to say Paris Johnson follows me on Twitter, which is either a character positive or a character negative. That's a red flag. It's a red flag. Huge. He's going undrafted. <laughs> um, Can you imagine getting, getting in the draft room? Like, oh, he follows Kevin. <laughs> got to take him off the board. Like, Got to take him off. Sorry. Um, Paris Johnson, also an accomplished uh, sports journalist who was mentored by Mike Garofalo at Ohio State. Yeah. Can like, Paris actually John- good at it, too. Is Paris Johnson yeah. the, the man of many talents? The most interesting yeah, man in is. the draft? Yeah. 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 There's, oh, there's wait, so wait. Much Does that mean he doesn't love football and teams will push him down in the draft? Yes. Always. Probably. Probably. <laughs> All right. Pick number well, actually, 10. Because his, yeah, his, his talent, his uh, passions off the field all have to do with like sports writing and stuff. So uh, maybe he's okay. fine. And hot sauce, right? And hot sauce. Well, yeah. Beef jerky. And yeah. There you go. Anyway. That, that's a, that. Anyways. So here we go. The Philadelphia Eagles are picking here. And I did, I did a fair amount of research into this one. Uh, so, because the picks on this, if you read a bunch of mock drafts, are all over the place. You got anywhere from Bijan Robinson to Brian Branch to 
Lucas Van Ness to a falling Jalen Carter. Like the consensus on what the Eagles will do is wild. But so I, I went ahead and I did some research here. So before Jordan Davis last year, Howie Roseman had not selected a defensive player in the first two rounds since 2017. 13 of his last 16 first and second round picks have been offensive players. Every single first round pick, this is where it gets kind of interesting. Under Howie Roseman has been a lineman, wide receiver, or quarterback. Furthermore, 21 of their last 31 first round picks as an organization, going back 30 years, has been a, has been a trench player. They haven't drafted a running back in the first round since 1986, a corner since 2002, and they've never drafted a safety in the first round, which is which is kind of wild for an organization that's been around as long as the Philadelphia Eagles. This this is like an organizational trend. So with that kind of being said, I'm confident with them not taking Bijan Robinson. I just think people are putting them there because that's a popular pick. I don't think they're going to take Brian Branch. So I, I, we're kind of left with trenches. I think they're out on the offensive line. Will Levis. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think Philadelphia Eagles Twitter would skin me alive if I took a quarterback for them. As funny as it would be, I think they would. I think my mentions would never stop. So, we, I think they're out on an offensive lineman. I think we can all agree that their offensive line was was pretty dang good last year. I, I think that's a pretty consensus. So now we've got kind of an edge rusher or a defensive tackle. And for my money, I don't think there's a defensive tackle worth the pick. However, we've already brought the guy up. I'm kind of going Kalijah Kansi here. I I think he edge run, I think he could run the stunts that they're going to want under Sean Desai. I think he finally. I think he gives you some pass rush juice inside that they don't really have. Fletcher Cox is getting up there. I mean, he's a solid pass rusher still, but he's not great. Milton uh, Milton Williams is not super disruptive. I don't like Tyree Wilson, so I'm not going to take him here either. Don't even think about it. So like. The more that I kind of checked off the boxes, I was like, why not Kalijah Kansi? Like the Eagles can afford to kind of slack on the run defense because Jordan Davis takes up three three offensive linemen on his own. Yeah, I disagree. Kansi's an interesting one. I'll say this. Good. I don't think I don't think they're going to stay in a four man front. I think they're probably going to transition to more of a three man front with the they side. Are. They, and that, that's been. where I think I think that this makes it a little less likely because I think Cansey as a three techniques next to Jordan Davis kicks ass because it, Jordan Davis's mammoth size well, I think will open things up a lot for Cansey. How does that work in an odd front? They're a base five one. So I think if you put him over tackle and you, you you twist and stunt like hell like they're going to, they were already a three three five base team last year. You need some decent decent play at your four. I, like why not? You know, like, I I, th- I just think it checks off all the boxes. They need more juice up front, regardless. And if and if they're comfortable with his size the, and run and lack of run defense, and they're just like we just need pass rush juice, I say go for it. All right, but the problem so, is there's no. Run defense. He's just not they don't there. care about that dog. If they cared about that, then they'd actually get a linebacker. But they they don't have any. So who cares? Yeah, they've never cared about linebackers. They don't it's care about linebackers. Are real. Exactly. No. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. All right, in this yeah, calm down. All right, pick number eleven, Tennessee Titans. Alex, where are you going? I'm Alex Rodriguez. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is a little bit more of a decision than I thought it was going to be because originally uh, going into this, uh, I think that I was pretty much just like, oh, yeah, we'll just slam the Will Levis button. Um, but Tyree Wilson is still on the board, which is um, interesting, if only because the Titans cut Bud Dupree because he played like five games in two seasons because he can't stay healthy. Um, and they kind of need another edge rusher. Um, I don't know off the top of my head how well he would fit there, um, just because uh, usually when I'm doing exercises like this, Tyree Wilson doesn't get this far. And so I haven't had to think about this pairing very much. Um, I think that ultimately for the Titans though, like you have to do something about the offense being completely flatlined all the time outside of Derrick Henry. Um, because like that, the Titans are in a weird spot because like, I don't think that they're like full on rebuilding quite yet. Because even after trading AJ Brown, like they haven't dumped the Derrick Henry contract. They still have Ryan Tannehill. Like they still have kind of like Kevin Byard is still on the team as of right now. Although like we, like he's asked for a trade or for his release or something like they still have kind of all those veteran pieces. And it seems like they're going to try to kind of um, still compete. And I think that if you're going to do that while also trying to build for the future a little bit with a new GM coming in, I think that ultimately you have to take Levis um just because like otherwise uh what is the what is the vision like what are you trotting ryan Tannehill back out there again are you playing malik, no, it's willis? malik willis like malik willis yeah malik. like like uh, i don't know yeah. man i i'm gonna i'm gonna go with levis and tyree wilson's fall will continue and i'm sure we will take him eventually but for my money i think that levis is the pick for the titan here we go yeah, we get we get souped up, Ryan Tannehill, according to yeah. a good yes. good friend of the good friend of the show, JP JP Acosta. Shredded Ryan Tannehill. We get, we get shredded Ryan Tannehill. There we go. Ryan, yeah. Ryan Tannehill, but he's a cool surfer dude. That's that's yeah. that's. <laughs> what uh, what did they say on the NFL stock exchange? Austin Gale said that um, his floor his, his floor, floor is, is dude, dude perfect. perfect. His floor is dude yes. perfect. Yeah. True yeah, man. Will Levis All is right, like Kevin. if Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Will Levis is like if Ryan Tannehill lived in a GNC. <laughs> Jesus. So. Try, trying to sell you bang energy drinks every five seconds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> custom, All right. custom mayo coffee flavor. All right, Kevin. Bryce Young to the Texans at second overall. Now you have them at 12th overall. Okay, so I do just want to say that Will Levis is the perfect amount of unhinged to be a quarterback one in the NFL, but also I'm going to go a little bit off the board in terms of what we've seen. The the Texans be mocked at 12, and I think of my most recent one I gave him, Quentin Johnston. But with Peter Skorotsky on the board, I'm going to take him. 
I know they have Laramie Tunzel. I know they have Titus Howard. I know that they don't particularly need another tackle, but it seems like they're willing to trade Laramie Tunzel. And if you're going to trade Laramie Tunzel, I think Peter Skaronsky, who looked at least solid at left tackle at Northwestern, they gave him record money. Did they really? Yeah, they made yeah, it the highest paid something? tackle. Yeah. Three years. Like, oh, so scratch that. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like scratch two that. weeks ago, dog. Kevin. <laughs> okay. Kevin. You know what, AJ? Sorry. <laughs> now, hey, hey, this is, Kevin, let's explore this real quick because one of the draws with Skaronsky is he can kind of play like some people think he can play all five positions. Does that is that still enticing for you? No. At at twelve with the needs that they have, I'm not taking an offensive guard. Uh, it, the the pick was sort oh, of dude. under the basis that they would trade Larry Tunzel, and clearly I missed them extending him. So give me Tyree Wilson because he's good, and uh, like I thought at a point that they would take uh, an edge rusher at two and pass up on quarterback, but you know Davis Mills is bad. In fact, he might be really bad. Like, I don't know where we stand on Davis Mills, but so, like, they're going to remember take an edge when he at was the point. Remember when he was the best quarterback in the twenty twenty one draft class? It was that was a oh, that was a fun God. six months of off season Twitter. <laughs> Davis Mills is I will say, Mike Lennon with a Twitter following. <laughs> Mike, Mike Lennon, Lennon for the Wait, I, I'm pretty sure Mike Glennon does like film breakdowns of like the Who ACC. Okay, we're done. I hope he does. <laughs> I will say I, I do like Tyree Wilson of the Texans. He, D'Amico Ryan's just going to use him like Eric Armstead. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a great scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think right. opposite of Grenard and guys like that, just just kind of replacing Okoronkwo on the outside. I think that's that that would. I honestly, it'd be a slam dunk kind of mm-hmm. mix of fit and coaching development. Yeah. All right, thirteen to the Jets. We're going to assume Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is coming. Oh. Um. I I wonder, <laughs> like, they have a needed offensive line. You've got two on the board, and I'm I'm wondering how much they're like they would have to like focus on that, or with losing out on OBJ, if they're going to want to try and get Rodgers another weapon. Uh, I, I really wonder what the thought process in that building will be. Obviously, we know Joe Douglas is going to want to take a big ugly. But what what is the eventuality going to happen? Is this the spot for Jackson Smith and Jigba? Pair him with his college teammate, uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, I, I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. I am completely ignoring it. I'm taking Peter Skaronsky because I, I just think – you have to figure out a way to build your best five. And as I think Broderick Jones might have a slightly higher ceiling, Skaronsky gives you flexibility to truly build your best five because you have a hybrid guy already in Elijah Vera Tucker. You can determine, hey, would I rather have Tucker, Skaronsky outside of guard or outside of tackle and then move one of them inside to guard? Or you can put them both at guard and find it and have Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton at tackle. Like I, I think that it's just too wise of a play to be able to build your best five up front and really give Rodgers who he's going to be 40. He's not going to be able to do the heroic acrobat stuff forever. You have to give him some protection in the pocket. And I think this is the best route. Can they somehow draft Jordy Nelson at 13? Because 
I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been committed to bringing the band back together. So can they find a winning at Jordy Nelson at 13? No, they don't need to. They have Randall Cobb. And Alan Lazard. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, the, the, the interesting part of that is you know, there's, there's been a lot of comments of you know, Aaron Rodgers wants another receiver. Wants another. They've, they just paid Nicole Hardman and Alan Lazard. They already have Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson. Like Corey I, Davis I is presumably gone, though. If, if, he's, if he's a cap casualty, it becomes a discussion. But Aaron Rodgers is only going to throw to Alan Lazard. And let, like, let's be real here. He's, he's, he's not Cobb. Yeah, his his little hand signal, little gang signs that he loves doing that only Alan Lazard will know in that offense. Uh, but here we are at fourteen. The Patriots, my pick. Uh, this is a fascinating pretty, spot. It's pretty straightforward. Broderick Jones. I'm taking a tackle, and we're moving on. They it, the the they have not hidden their fascination with this tackle class. They need a tackle bad. Broderick Jones can play both spots. He fits their power mold. Like I am all for it. I think I don't think that they have hidden their love for him. And I am full steam ahead. I think Broderick Jones can be a stud at the next level. Tyler really said this is a fascinating here. spot, and AJ said no. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this is an interesting Brian Brzee spot. Yeah, I, I, don't I just don't know because they, they have they have Christian Barmore kind of already playing that role. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if they're going to be like doubling down, especially with the tackle board Fair. the way it is, because because that the tackles are going to fly off there by the time they pick next. Yeah. All right. Well, we got fifteen. The evil Green Bay Packers are on the clock. Katzen. <laughs> I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing Jake that they put up Jake a, a specialist board here for Jake you, Alex. Moody. <laughs> Ethan Evans, the Wingate punter, elite punter. Yeah, honestly, Jake Moody wouldn't be that bad of a pick. Uh, Mason Crosby has not been uh, retained as of yet and, uh, you know, probably isn't going to come back. There's not really an established kicker on the Packers roster. I think Jake Moody is by far the best kicker in this draft. Um, hit a long of 57 at Michigan's Pro Day. Um, was pretty much perfect at the Combine um, from all reports. Um I know too much about kickers. This is a bad bit for to get to put up for me because I can do this all day long. Um, I do think that ultimately um, the Packers decision, I know like the discussion about receiver and tight end and everything is like, oh, well, like Jordan Love will need weapons because all of them are going to the Jets. Um, I don't think that the Packers uh, unwillingness to draft pass catchers has been about Aaron Rodgers. I think it's been an organizational preference over the years. And so I don't think that they're going to do it, even if they have their choice of like wide receiver one or tight end one. I think what makes the most sense to me here is Lucas Van Ness. Um, if you look at the Packers roster, they have I think six edge rushers on the roster right now. Uh, Gary, Preston Smith, Anikbari, Hollins, Garvin, and oh, so five. And then also, um, like, if you factor in Zadarius Smith, also who played for the Packers for a few years before going to the Vikings, um, only two of them are under 270. And they're both at like 248, 250-ish. And Van Ness is 272. He plays with the power profile that the Packers love in their edge rushers. Like between Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, like it's just guys that like are going to get after it and run defense. 
um, beat the crap out of tackles and just win with power like over and over and over again. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, the Packers are a very high RAS team in the first round always. And I think Van Ness hit like a nine, seven, two RAS. Um, if I remember right. Um, so overall, I think that's what makes the most sense to me. Um, especially considering that most of the wide receivers on the board here do not fit the Packers size criteria. So you're going Van Ness. Yeah, so I'm going Van Ness. I thought good. I like send, yeah. Send, send them players that aren't that good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to be a project, but you know, maybe uh, Preston Smith like, stays on the team for an extra year, and he just kind of Van Ness kind of figures out yeah. the season. They, yeah, they did restructure like they did uh, Preston Smiths, so it makes sense. And you know, they hit on Gary, so it's really hard to argue with them when they take a super Tracy pass rusher and be like, "Oh, it won't work out." Well, it already worked out once. We'll see how Gary comes back from that torn Achilles. But I, I, I'm not a Van Ness fan. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not. So I think he's the, bad. The, I'm just going to say the, it. <laughs> oh my god! The, the, the good news, the good news is, is that you can kind of like mix and match all three of them and kind of get your best the group out on the field at once, depending on your personnel. And yeah. good lord, they need some run defense up front. I mean bad it was all oh, it was yeah. really i mean i'm tough. saying this on a viking show they don't need a run defense never mind you know <laughs> no no it's actually can go for 250 every time yeah <laughs> alexander right. madison you... actually oh god i don't want to talk about madison he sucks um <laughs> no 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 hold on <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about look um alexander madison is the jaggiest jag that ever jagged and paying him three and a half million dollars a year is a bad financial decision. Tyler Alexander Madison. I don't know if you know this. He's on the Vikings, not the Jags. Do you, do you know what do you know what Jag means? Yes. Just another guy. It means it's an he lives in Jacksonville. No, it's he an acronym. Balky masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> We're off. Okay. Yeah. Oh who's, my god. Who's picking next? We got. Uh, Washington, uh, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin at Washington. Okay. I'll keep Kevin, this one for Kevin, aka short. Dan Snyder. Oh, God. Don't insult <laughs> Kevin like that. Jesus. <laughs> so, it's Joey Porter Jr. Like, they desperately need a quarterback who has a pulse and is good at football and can hey, maybe whoa. defend Respect a wide receiver. Fuller. Respect Kendall Fuller here, man. No. Yes. I'm not. Kendall Fuller's fine. Kendall Fuller's Respect fine. Benjamin St. Juice, Canadian legend. Yeah. Draft, Go draft for legend. legend. I am not going to respect these guys who are just dudes. Kevin, Kevin, like, Kevin can't spell St. Juice, so that's why. That's true. It is hard because it's a J U S T E. No, you missed you missed the you missed the dash missed, in between the. Yeah, you missed the hyphen. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. it's, it's, guys, sorry. it's not a hyphen. It's a period. No, it's not. It's a hyphen in St. Juice's name because he's Canadian. You no, got it wrong. No, it's no, it's it is not. It's a period. The dude played in Minnesota. It's a period. It's definitely it's a hyphen a on his official roster page. They're wrong. I just want to point that out. <laughs> They're okay, wrong. so it turns out. out that it is, in fact, uh, a hyphen, if I could get this to work. It's a hyphen yeah, on a the hyphen. University of Minnesota website. <laughs> Kevin, 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 Kevin spells it St. Juice, according to 
<laughs> JP. <laughs> oh God. Um, it's a okay. on Saint Juice sounds I, like an LA deity. Let's be real. I'm going to eat the L because I've always in my head canon it's always been a period. So I'm I'm just going to take the L and we're going to move on. Um, Seventeen. I've never Pittsburgh been wrong. Steelers. Yeah, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> let's. <laughs> okay, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. This is an interesting spot. Offensive line would be ideal here, but I don't think there's really anybody worth taking. You could talk Darnell Wright. I'm not there at 17. I'm not quite there with Anton Harrison either. I think that if you move back to like 25, feel a lot more comfortable taking both of those players there. Um, but I'll say this much. I'm very intrigued about a Brian Brissy fit here as a potential Cam Hayward replacement. Hayward's getting in his mid-30s. He's going to uh, going to uh, eventually uh, tone down, and I think that's where I'm going to end up going here because I just don't see another fantastic fit. You could argue a Quentin Johnson or Jackson Smith and Jigba because I think they could use help at receiver, but I it's the Steelers. They're going to take somebody in round four, and they'll make a Pro Bowl. That's just what they do. Or they'll flip him to the Bears for a second-round pick. It's uh, a good for, point. I, I'm, good point. I'm just going to take Brian Brissy and just let him be um, an athletic dude on that defensive line, and he can learn from one of the best at the position he'll end up taking over in Cam Hayward. Also, if Don't not, ask um, me to Mike, spell his first name, Mike Tomlin please. was uh, at Brian Brzee's pro day at Clemson, and the last player that the Steelers have taken in the first round without Tomlin or the GM being present at the pro day was Ziggy Ansa in, like, 2005. Um, and Ziggy they didn't Ansa? go to, uh, like... Uh, Ziggy Ansa went there, got drafted yeah, by Yeah, I don't... Lions. Do Whatever Ziggy year it was, it doesn't matter. It was a, <laughs> Ziggy Hood, sorry. Yes, Ziggy, Ziggy Hood. Ziggy Hood, the Missouri. Okay. Yeah, Whatever. Point is, it's been like almost two decades <laughs> since the Steelers took someone that they didn't attend the Pro Day for, like that the head coach or the GM didn't attend the Pro Day for. They were at Clemson. Uh, they didn't go to like TCU or Pitt or any of these like similar ones. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in an interesting spot here because it's funny you mentioned Darnell Wright because I'm very much considering taking him here for Detroit. Extremely. But to, to do what? Play right guard. Play football, I assume. Mm. He'll, mo- he'll move into right guard and eventually replace Sewell at right tackle when Sewell kicks over to left, replacing Taylor Decker. However, that's too many complicated steps. Uh, I'm going to go Nolan <laughs> Smith because I think Nolan Smith is still on the board here. And he I absolutely think that adding that adding Nolan Smith to that pass rush room with Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston, I think that is a stellar move. you got to get after the passer now. He fits their mold. He's he's quote unquote. He's going to bite the kneecaps that Dan Campbell loves. Excellent pass rusher, great run defender. Like I think he can play in any single front that they want to run. So give me Nolan Smith and let's boogie in Detroit. AJ, let me ask you this because you talked or we talked about at six and you made the pick talking about how that edge room was strong. You didn't want to kind of double up there. But then you come back with Nolan Smith at 18. So how does that thought process change as you go from 6 to 18, cons- considering kind of where that room is? Well, to me, He's it's just liar. mainly – it's <laughs> no. To me, it's mainly about balance, balancing the uh, the strengths of the draft class. And I think at 6, you're talking about 
a, a premier pass rusher versus a premier corner. And the, both of the classes kind of start to change. And truth be told, at six, I didn't think Nolan Smith would be here at 18 either. So I kind of audibled about right at the Green Bay pick um, just to kind of go, you know what? We'll go with Nolan Smith if he's still there. Just because like, I think if you pass on a premier corner at the top for an edge rusher, I don't know if that's the wisest investment. But coming back around later on and being like, hey, this guy fell down the draft boards. Why not? You know, they could they can move on from Charles Harris or Okora if they wanted to. I, I think Nolan Smith is a is the best talent on the board at this point, so I I just went with that. Fair enough, that's fair. All right, Katzen, nineteenth overall, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is this where Hendon Hooker comes off the board? No, Robinson. No, Yeah, this is uh, Tyson Badgett. <laughs> this is an interesting spot because um, the Bucks have a lot of things going on um but ultimately uh we talked about at the top how um a lot of premium positions are probably going to start flying off the board um the top three tackles are already gone but tampa doesn't have anyone that plays left tackle on their roster um as of right now they cut donovan smith um maybe you're moving tristan works over but then you're just creating a hole at right tackle i think by the time their pick comes back up around they're not gonna have anyone left on the board that they want to start in year one um obviously like guys like Bijan robinson are tempting um a quarterback is sort of tempting although not really because you're looking at hand and hooker um i think that they're just going to let it ride with baker mayfield and kyle trask and see who wins that um god awful competition um wide receiver maybe but like you have mike evans and chris godwin still i think it's fine um i'm gonna go with anton harrison over darnell wright just because um i think that uh, Harrison's going to go a lot higher than people are uh, think he is um, as of right now. I think that Harrison is a more natural fit at left tackle. Um, right has played right tackle and left tackle um, in college, but I think that um, Harrison's a better fit at left tackle um, immediately. You don't have to move Worfs this way. There's no temptation to move Worfs because Harrison has never played right tackle as far as I know. Um, AJ, you're the Oklahoma guy, so correct me if I'm wrong. He has. Um, it, it's not, it wasn't a lot, but he has played occasionally. Okay. Yeah, um, but really primarily a left, primarily a left tackle. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you on on Anton. I, I I think it's an interesting argument with Darnell Wright, just because you kind of wonder where Wright's best position is. I could see them kind of convincing themselves to taking Wright and playing him to replace Shaq Mason at right guard, and just kind of. But again, you have left tackle. You don't have a left tackle on roster, because I, I, I think they even lost Josh Wells. So like you don't even have a backup left tackle on your roster. So I'm I'm with yeah, you. I, I think, think they also makes a ton of lost sense. Brandon Wall. Did they? Like I'm pretty sure they lost they, all they their bring left back, tackles. Did they bring back Brandon? Who would bring back that member of the Waltons family, dude? That show went off the air. Respect. Years ago. Respect. <laughs> Respect. Final Four participant FAU. Respect them. It looks like San Brandon Walton is still is still on the Bucks. Okay. So they have a left tackle. Problem solved. Great. <laughs> All right. We've got pick number 20. Seattle Seahawks um, shocked everyone when they got Miles Murphy at five. Where do they go at 20? I'm going to try and correct your wrongs, Tyler, because I still can't believe you took Miles Murphy at five. But I think I did, he's still the Seahawks drafting did. 
No, you did. You're the one picking for that. <laughs> no, no, you, no, you did that. You, you could have just chosen to ignore that and done something else, but you, you chose to do that. It's the Seahawks. They had one year of good drafting. Everybody thinks they're a good, well-run organization. They stink at this, historically. Okay, anyways, I think Brian Branch <laughs> is still on the board, and they have safeties, but... Yeah, who cares about this receiver? Class? I like Tyler no, Lockett and DK Metcalf too much. So, like, they have safeties. They have two safeties who are really dang good at football. So, it seems we are taking another safety here. But I like his ability at slot corner. I think he could play slot corner. And if it means not having to play any of these other quarterbacks at slot corner, I think it's a successful move. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, Brian Branch. I mean, I think he solves all their issues with kind of the overhang stuff. He, he could shut. He, he's he's the one guy in the division that could probably keep up with Cooper Cup. Uh, I, I think it makes a ton of sense, he, especially because you don't know how healthy Jamal Adams is going to be. So you just add more talent to that safety room just in case. And if Jamal Adams is healthy, then you get a really daggum good nickel corner. You know, so Brian I'm, I'm taking with you, all the, the the Ryan Neal snaps is a, is a pretty good outcome for Seattle, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's a that's a massive upgrade. <laughs> Easy. Um, Branch is oh, a guy I would love in Minnesota, but um, I just don't see that happening. Let's let's talk Chargers. Um, oh, this boy. is a very interesting. It's a very interesting team. Um, I could see the Chargers going a lot of different ways. I like the idea of Brian Branch to the Chargers because I, I think having him and Derwin James on the back end would just be at fun as hell. Uh, but you look at it, receiver, they need somebody who can get open over the middle. And they need somebody who can get open with. <laughs> so uh, I, have, I have two Mayer. ways I'm going to go. Um, I, I do really like the fit of Michael Mayer and how he's able to win up the seam and he can he can beat double, triple, and quadruple coverage with his ball skills. But I also just – I see Jackson Smith and Jigba on the board, I'm and I can't pass them. No, don't I'm do taking this. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Can't do it, uh, yes. I am, yeah. I am not the biggest Jackson Smith and Jigba fan, but I think I think his his style of play complements what they have in the room really well. And, and I think it would just work just sending him across the field – you have you have Keenan Allen, who's aging, is probably not on this team next year. Mike Williams is your vertical X guy, and now you have somebody who's going to win with nuance and technique and over the middle. I, I like the fit. Um, you could argue Zay Flowers here, and I would I, I completely understand that. But <laughs> it's look, it, it's it's better than Dalton Kincaid. So questionable. Oh um, yeah. Just real quick. Um, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, to be clear, my my disdain for this pick has nothing to do with him as a as a player. I think that he's very good at football. Um, and like if he's on the board, I think that he'll certainly be in consideration. Um, I think that he'll probably go earlier than this, and so it probably won't end up mattering. Um, my disdain for the pick is more so about um, I don't really actually know what he does in twenty twenty three. Um, because Keenan Allen is still going to be your primary slot receiver if you want to play. Smith and Jigba at Z, then like fine, I guess. Um, but he doesn't really fit any of Tom Telesco's historical thresholds at the position. Um, he, uh, yeah, um, 
Telesco's a huge RAS guy in the first round. Um, he's also a uh, another slow receiver. <laughs> um, and, like, he wins with nuance over the middle. I'm like, cool, that's fine. Um, but, like, the Chargers need to get more vertical. There's no two ways about that. Um, I do agree that, like, one of Keenan or Mike Williams is not going to be on the team in 2024 just because of the way that the cap sheet balances out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just think, like, Telesco and Brandon Staley have to be all in on winning this season because if the Chargers, like, don't get to at least the divisional round probably, like, that entire staff is getting fired. Um, and so from that perspective, I don't know necessarily what Smith and Jigba does for you in terms of like getting closer to that goal that like a player, like say Michael Mayer, who would be your number one tight end immediately, or, um, you know, an edge rusher or someone, um, yeah, Bijan, for example, um, like, you know, as far as those guys get you, um, comparatively, but. So my day would be a running back wide. So <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's Isaiah Spiller. If Austin Eckler's not going to play, so my 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 pick at Baltimore here is pretty straightforward. Um, they haven't replaced Marcus Peters in free agency. Uh, I I think I don't like Brandon Stevens' tape. I don't really think Jalen Armour Davis is going to be the answer out there either. So I'm going with Deontay Banks, corner out of Maryland. I just an elite athlete super stud physical like he just fits that kind of mold like when you think of a baltimore raven you kind of think of those early defenses under ray lewis and that kind of physical high athlete mold i think deontay banks fits that in every sort of manner and he gives you a a really freaking good man and zone corner outside just take him and line him up you know i i think him and marlon humphrey is probably the best corner duo in the afc north so aj real quick is this a they drafted or they signed OBJ, they don't need a wide receiver, or is it they have more pressing needs? And yeah. Really yeah. This wide receiver class stinks. Yeah, and, and part of that is like – That is also I, an option, but I, – I think I think if you're going to go – like if looking at Todd Munkin is pretty historically an 11 personnel guy, and I think OBJ, Rashad Bateman, and Devin Duvernay – with Mark Andrews, I think is enough. Really is not you, good that, enough, let's be honest. You, no, I, I think it is. I, I think it is. I think, it, especially when you look at your corner room right now and you've got to figure out a way to stop all of the wide receiver talent that's now in the AFC North. I mean, they still haven't figured out how to stop Joe Burrow, and he's in his, what, third year, fourth year now? Like, it's you got to get guys that can match up with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Amari Cooper. Like, you just – you could try and out – out athlete them and out offense, but that hasn't worked. Do it. So always. Yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be fun. But I I think with how Baltimore kind of looks and they're always a a little bit more defensive team, I think Mike McDonald is gonna want a, a corner. And this wide receiver class, you can get a guy in round three. You're not gonna get a Deontay Banks in round three. My only thing with that is you saying that Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and OBJ is like good enough. Because it isn't. Like yeah, it isn't I, at I, I all. It is. It's bad. I, I think it is. I I I, I, I OBJ hasn't that, played football in a year. Who cares? Yeah. All right. Well look, Kevin, let's look at this. I think Bateman is is a starting Z in this league. He's the biggest thing is he's gotta be healthy. If he stays yeah. healthy, he can he can be a thousand yard receiver in the NFL. I don't 
I don't really see a pathway where he's not. I don't disagree, but did, he like, wasn't healthy last year, so that doesn't also really, solve that problem, now does it? Also, I, I think ideally, this is a spot point. Where, oh, go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. I was just going to say to AJ's point, like if you look at Munkin's offense at Georgia, like there's not a ton of guys who like we're talking about as like top of the line draft prospects coming out of Georgia at wide receiver. Like their best receiver last year was probably like Kiaris Jackson, who's going to go so, undrafted in this class. And like Lad McConkey is like pretty decent, but like is again, like not going to be like a first round pick. Um, like I, I think that like, Munkin's offense is kind of predicated around like you can get more production out of less. And so I, I kind of get where AJ is coming from in that sense. So Tyler, yeah. I, or Alex, ideally, excuse me, not, not Tyler, but I only asked this in the sense of like, was Munkin's offense not predicated on wide receivers because they had two freak of nature tight ends and, about 16 running backs who could run the ball effectively. And well, if that's the, the case... It's still the Ravens, yeah. The Ravens don't have 16 running backs who could run the ball capably. Yeah, they, they have do. two. They got five. They got five under contract. J.K. Dobbins is three. hurt half the time. Gus Edwards is mid. Like, they what? They still run the ball. And they got Lamar Jackson. They, have Lamar, they got Lamar Jackson. They can run the ball. Yeah, I, ideally, I didn't know this became a Baltimore Ravens podcast. I, ideally, this is a spot where Baltimore trades down because they only have like five picks in this draft. Like, I, I think realistically, this is probably where they trade down. But you know, yeah, in, in this in this scenario, for Hendon Hooker. Yeah, in this in this scenario, in, in this scenario, I think Deontay Banks is best player on the board, and I think he matches a need. So yeah. I'm just going to say. I right, don't agree. Well, let's but not fair. Let's not bury the lead anymore. This is a Minnesota Vikings podcast. Alex, the Minnesota Vikings are up. Who are you going to take for the purple and gold? If you take Johnson. if you take Hendon Hooker, I'll Venmo you fifty dollars. I'm kidding. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> no, no. As tempting as Hendon Hooker is, he's going at five because Seattle is the real pick. Um, uh, no, I'm taking Johnson. Um, Quentin Johnson is oh. you. Um, I am vindicated. Okay. So, fun fact. Good pick, Fun Alex. fact here. So, I, I, no. I'm in a Discord, and they're like, oh, Tyler's just going to find a way to maneuver Johnson to the Vikings. I'm like, I don't even make the pick. He's like, you're going to use your hair and special powers to find a way. Well, I didn't have to do anything. You made it the pick yourself. This is great. Because Alex yeah, is bringing so, the hair this time. Yeah, true. That's um, I was thinking the same thing a few picks ago, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll, um, I'll, say, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> I just got a message. That's it. I'm turning off the notification bell for the channel. <laughs> All time shit. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's awesome. Um, look, I'm, I'm I want to hear your take on Johnston the Vikings because he's my player three in this class, and I know you can call me stupid later, but I love Johnston. That's very high. But um, yeah. listen, I think – if if the board breaks down this way, obviously, like, wide receiver and corner, I think, are the two main things for the Vikings. Um, I saw a lot of people saying, like, please, God, don't take a corner. Um, I think the good news is that, like, if Banks is gone by 23, like he is in this exercise, then, and, like, with the way that the receivers have gone, um, like, I think it's pretty easily wide receiver because you have your choice between Johnston and Jordan Addison and, say, Flowers, if you want to, um, you know, go that route as well. Um, I think that ultimately... What leads me to Johnston more than anyone else 
is that uh, I don't necessarily think that you want a guy who is slot limited. Um, I think Addison is pretty slot limited in the NFL. Um, I think that Flowers is going to end up being a slot receiver in the NFL, um, even though he has a ton of experience playing on the outside. Um, he's just super tiny. He's like 5'8", 180 or something. Um, Johnston is, while he's not 6'4", like he's listed, he is 6'2 and a half um, and plays like a slot receiver essentially, but from the outside um, in terms of like the yards after catch ability that he gives you. Um, Kirk Cousins doesn't have the strongest arm in the entire world. And so like, if you want to create more explosives in the pass game, you need someone that's going to create yards after the catch. Most likely. Um, I think like Jefferson, like Justin Jefferson's really good at this. Adam Thielen before he got old was pretty decent at this. Um, I think, you know, so yeah, Stefan Diggs was great at this when he was on the Vikings. Um, you know, so I think ultimately like you want a guy who you can kind of feed those intermediate routes that Kirk Cousins kind of excels at, um, feed them the ball on those routes and then just kind of let them do their work after the catch. And I think that that makes Johnston the best fit of the receivers that are left on the board here for the Vikings. Um, I do think that like if someone like Smith and Jigba for whatever reason is available or if the Vikings like trade up to get to that spot, I think that that's someone that makes more sense just because I think he's a more talented player overall. Um, but it, the way that the board looks here, I think that Johnston makes absolutely the most sense for the Vikings. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with so you. If I, I may, go no, ahead, no. no, you may not. <laughs> I yeah, like the only other need I could really think of for the Vikings <laughs> here would be like a, a linebacker, and there aren't any good and linebackers. There's there's no first round. There's no there's no first round linebacker, and, and Drew Sanders is probably going to move to edge in the NFL. That's just I, kind of how it, I will yeah. say. I do think Brian article would would be uh, a a play at, for the Vikings at twenty three. They have a solid He's defensive line group, but I know but I'm just talking in general. But they need they need high end talent. They don't have anybody. Harrison Phillips and Dean Lowry are your best defensive tackles. What's wrong with that? Not great. Add a, add a, add That's better than the best uh, twenty twenty one Chargers defensive tackle. See, yeah, I, you, I, I can also like Leo Mack and Joey Bosa. That that helps a lot. No, I'm talking about the I, year before that. I could hear an argument based oh. just kind of on the same things a little bit for Jalen Hyatt here if they were feeling a little spicy. But oh, I, yeah. I, I, I think it's <laughs> just no. When you look at how the NFL and and these teams always go for speed, I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we start to see him pop up a little bit here. And if you're going off of explosiveness and the yards after the catch, and you're worried about Quentin Johnson hitting a three cone time that's worthy of an offensive lineman, then I think Jalen Hyatt might be there. But I'm kind of I think Quentin right. Johnson makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and also uh, I met think, with the Vikings um, or has a top thirty with the Vikings. Um, yeah, I don't know Hyatt if it's does. already happened, but no, Johnson, Johnson. Johnson yeah, does. it's happening um, this week. Yeah. So now we're on the board here with so, the Jaguars. Is it Kevin? So I, yeah, it is me. But I also Jake just Bijan. want to go to the Vikings pay because I do, in fact, get paid to write about the Vikings sometimes. Unfortunately, um, really? Th- wow! <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea, Kevin. What are, are we just going to go off the rails, or are you going to are you going to make whatever point this is? Make your point, so, then make your pick. 
the only quarterback I could see here, quarterback, is like Emmanuel Forbes. And I think taking Emmanuel Forbes at 23 is probably bad business. Let's just Clem Dantzler uh, again. <laughs> no, That's Forbes is actually uh, fast. Dantzler ran like a 4.62. Well, I mean from the perspective yeah. that like he weighs like 15 pounds and he's going to get injured every season. Very fair. Yeah, I mean – that's why I would take him. Uh, I like Day and Hadley. I would not take him at 23. I mean, I would personally, but I don't think an NFL team will. Now, anyways, regarding the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there's already one person who's going to hate my pick regardless of what it is. So, you know, there's no winning so let's here. Just, but so let's just I, take Bijan. I'm just, I'm just waiting to see the blue <laughs> pop up. I'm, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> so... I don't like this board for the Jaguars, but I'm going to take Darnell Wright because I think he can play both tackle spots. I think he's versatile enough where he replaces Jawad Taylor or he replaces who's their left tackle, Cam Robinson. Is that right? Yeah, Robinson. yeah. yeah. Cam Robinson. So, like, I think with this board and where this board is, they could take an offensive tackles who's got the talent who's got the ability who could play at either left tackle or right tackle and that just makes a lot of sense for where this board is <laughs> i just saw jp's comment in the box. Um, yeah and I, I will say like we've talked a lot about right moving inside to guard too and i think that worst case like even if you're super high on walker little coming in and starting at right tackle to replace juan taylor and leaving cam robinson on the left side um you can kind of run a competition with ben barch and darnell Wright at guard um and just like figure out who your best five are and run them out there at whatever positions it's going to be um and just mm-hmm. do it that way i also i also think a, a right side of brandon sheriff and darnell Wright absolutely kicks i don't want to say a word that might get us in trouble kick some <laughs> tail at in the run game i absolutely think doug peterson would be all aboard that so i i think it's a great pick kevin i think you passed the jp test too i think i think I, think I also want to say, because this news is topical, he names he searches his own name on Twitter, which is offensive tackle one stuff to like the next level, and it's the pettiness I can respect out of my offensive lineman. Yeah. All right, we have seven picks left, and we have gone over an hour. Let, we're, let's try and get this finished up here real quick. No, Giants. Absolutely not. <laughs> The Giants need a receiver, and uh, I'm not taking slow Isaac Bruce for them and Jordan Addison. I'm giving them an actual, like, speedy receiver. I'm giving him Zay Flowers. I I like that Zay Flowers can do a little bit of everything. I think he would be a nice addition for Daniel Jones in the short, intermediate, and deep areas. And even though he's he's 5'9", he plays a lot bigger than that. He's he knows how to go up and get the ball in contested situations. He's really good at tracking the football and he's great in the open field. He can do a little bit of everything. And I think that's what Daniel Jones needs. You get, get all the yak guys. Cause that's all that offense is. It's just yep. short little dinky dunks. Yeah. That, that really, really is all true. So yeah. Dallas is Dallas is in a weird spot here because I'm tempted by a few options. Um, I think the way that the board is is going, it kind of sounds like they're in on a guard. So I think 
I'm going to go with Steve Avila out of TCU. Um, just it, they, it sounds like they're wanting to keep Tyler Smith at left tackle, move Tyron to right, and keep Terrence Steele as a swing. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it kind of no, sounds like where we're at at this point. No uh, Dalton Schultz replacement with every tight end on the board. Yeah, you can you can you can run Kevin, you can run, Ke- you can run Kevin out there and get the same vertical threat here <laughs> yeah. with, with as Dalton Schultz. So I I think I'm going to go with Steve Avila out of TCU. I I just think that it makes sense with how they're and with how they're like supposedly constructing the roster. He'll slide right in there at left guard. He's a physical tone setter. You, you're going to have to squirrel a little bit because PFF hates guard. There he is. There he is. Um, right yeah. There. Um, not only that, um, on the TDM board, he's 105th. Absolutely. That's yeah, that, that, wow. that sounds right. That, that, That's yeah. insane. I, Why I, I Avila over Osiris Torrance? Better scheme fit, I think. I, I think he's a little bit okay. better athlete. And I, I, Torrance is kind of not for – I think he's more like uh, – Probably a little bit more gap guy, a little bit. He's, he fits more of like a Baltimore if Baltimore was going to go with a guard. And Torrance's offseason has not been great as far as managing the weight and everything like that. So I think some teams might be a little scared off at the at the end there. And Dallas is pretty intimately connected with Steve Avila as of right now. Fair enough. I think there's also a chance Osiris Torrance falls to the second round because of the yeah. offseason that AJ mentioned. Like... It's yeah. bad, and, and I think guard. some teams yeah, are going to be a little iffy. Yeah, he's a guard, and 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 Avila can actually play a little bit all over, which I think is is really interesting. If, if you want it, with how often they played musical chairs on the O line last year, I, I think True. Avila makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't necessarily buy Bijan either, just because I mean they could it would it would it would be a Jerry Jones move. But it sounds like Mike McCarthy kind of won the battle, so we'll see. They they could do any sort of thing here. The yeah, I think if Dallas takes Bijan, it's a, for Jerry Jones. <laughs> I think if I think if Dallas takes Bijan, it's uh, Jerry Jones. Um, you know, writing in the card and sending it in himself without consulting anyone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which he's done Speaking before. Bijan, like, it's not out of character for Jerry Jones. Oh yeah. Like uh, speaking of Bijan, though, Buffalo Bills are up at twenty-seven. Alex. Yeah, this is yeah, this is the go. time for Bijan. Yeah, um, there you go. I I, yeah. I think that uh, Bijan probably should and will eventually go higher than this. Um, but I think that Buffalo is his floor. I think that there is absolutely no way that he's getting past twenty seven. Um, I I I do tend to be of the opinion that Buffalo's run game struggles were more a function of the offensive line not being able to run block at all, and less so that the running backs were terrible. Um, the running backs aren't good at the risk of upsetting Kevin because Devin Singletary went to FAU. Um, but Devin, Devin Singletary's, Singletary's fine. Not there He's not there anymore. He was fine. Um, Damian Harris is also fine. Um, James Cook was okay, I guess. He was pretty fine. bad um, <laughs> until the end of the season, and then he was okay. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that offensive line makes sense in a vacuum. I think that the way that this board falls, offensive line does not make sense. Um, I mocked Osiris Torrance to the Bills in the one mock draft that I've written this year, and every Bills fan got mad at me. Um, so I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> um, at, at tackle, you're looking at like Dewan Jones being the next guy. And again, like kind of similar to Torrance, it's a guy who's kind of had a up and down off season of like, you know, looked really good at the senior bowl and then 
didn't practice the last two days at the senior bowl for um, what was reportedly a concussion, but might've been something else. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, like didn't work out at pro day, didn't work out at the combine. There's rumors that like he's up over like 400 pounds. Cause he just like, isn't taking it seriously. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff around Dewan Jones. I think that he is ultimately someone that falls into the second. Um, you're looking at someone like Matthew Bergeron, maybe who I think is more of a second round player, but like could sneak up there, I guess. Um, and so like, if Bijan's on the board, I think that he's the Bills pick. Um, it's pretty simple. Um, you have you're like immediately like head of the committee guy um, in Buffalo. Like you know, the super like uh, just unreal talent. Um, just happens to play running back. All right, pick twenty eight. Probably accurate. Cincinnati Bengals, Kevin. Seven. Yep. Yes. So tight ends like the obvious pick here because they really need a tight end and. All the tight ends are available, but I'm actually not going to take a tight end because. Oh my god! I really we're gonna, like we're gonna have no tight ends go. <laughs> well, like okay. I really like Emmanuel Forbes. I okay. I think Emmanuel Forbes is a really good player. Uh, the weight is a concern. It's like 170 or 175, but. I read something today that they think they could get him up to like 190, 185. Which is still bad, but also not as bad as like 170. Um, and I think that this tight end class is deep enough where Cincinnati could take him a little bit later in the draft or take one a little bit later in the draft and get, you know, even if it's like a Zach Koontz or a Josh Wiley, like someone who could fill that role uh, more than waiting on cornerback and hoping that one falls and one fits and like if there's one available probably should just take one in the first not to dispute this report that you're talking about but i do think that it's uh insane to think that forbes can get to 195 when it took him three months to gain five pounds and not even hit 170 at the combine i again i think (laughs) like was this this is not yeah, one. I mean, also insane. Like to think that he if can. If you can like, get on ten weight, pounds yeah, like, on Forbes by the end of his rookie year, I think you're in a good spot. Yeah, sure. I think that's. Fine. I don't necessarily um, agree with the the adding weight, but I think he could still play at one seventy and be like okay because of how fast he is. Like I think yeah. his athleticism will make up for some of the weight problems. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more just and a I, durability concern than like a, anything on yeah. the field, necessarily. But also, can you name who the Bengals' second quarterback is? Because I actually had to Google it. I already forgot who it, the name was. It was Mike Hilton, Eli Apple uh, were the top two guys, and, and I can't remember. It'll be a Wuzier. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing with the but Bengals. Eli they, Apple's they not on the roster on a, right now. It, the Bengals have been focusing on not having a weak link in the second and then, year, and I think they've done uh, a good job. Cam Taylor Britt. I think it was Cam right. Taylor Britt? Yeah. Cam Taylor Britt. Yeah. yeah. Cam Taylor Britt's sick. Yeah. And, and like, right. the, sure. your point, Kevin, with the tight ends, like, the tight end would be, like, what, the fourth, fifth option for Joe Burrow? So, like, how, how, yeah, how like, much I of don't a priority, think it's necessary how much of a priority one. really is that in the first round over a couple of other spots? I think they take running back over tight end if we're being brutally honest. Well, JP says put him on the with, guest with everything that's happening with Joe Mixon, then like yeah, probably yeah. Running if Bijan is there, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, Alrighty, so twenty nine New Orleans Tyler. Saints. 
I, I'm very intrigued by what the Saints can do. Um, they did lose take Warner back. There, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I, I will not be uh, mocking, like, actually believing Hendon Hooker should go in the first 64 picks. But I, I, I can't do it. I just can't. And especially with them signing Derek Carr, that's at least a two- to three-year option based on how the contract is structured. Um, I They love to build up the trenches, and I think they go back there again, especially with Marcus Davenport not coming back, and obviously he's in Minnesota. I think they go with another really athletic, bigger edge rusher, because that's kind of their archetype, Adi Tamiwa Adebaware, and oh. kind of a hybrid defensive end, defensive tackle. They love their bigger guys on the edge, and I think he's a really – Nice fit to pair with Cameron Jordan, and you can be very multiple with those two players. Keon White was a, was somebody I thought of as well, but Adebaware, his just insane athleticism, running a four four nine at two hundred eighty pounds, that that just seals it for me. Um, put him in New Orleans, let him thrive in that defense, be doing a lot of different things, and I, I think it makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, the The only thing I, I, like I could see is if is if they go with like a defensive tackle, like Mozzie, just because they they don't have a defensive tackle. Um, they but really don't have one. Like, like if if you can name yeah. like if you can name four players on the New Orleans Saints defensive line, congrats to you. Um, but here at the Eagles, I mentioned it's only been like trench players. Uh, I'm going to go with the bench, the best one on the board, and Will McDonald, and give myself some more juice off the edge. I, I just, I think they're going to try and get as many like rushing the passers as they can because I don't know how effective you can really roll out Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett. We'll see, but I, I think Will McDonald just like you could just kind of develop him, let him rotate in with those guys, and again, they don't care about run defense, so what? <laughs> who cares? Who cares if he's two forty? Yeah. All right. Alex, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, the last pick in the first round. And Michael Mayer still on the board. Are you going to make that happen? No. Um, because I'm going to take Kincaid <laughs> instead. Um, oh, oh wow. Wow. okay. Right. I think that um, push comes to shove. I think the Chiefs, uh, I think Kincaid is a better fit for the Chiefs than Mayer is um, right now, at least. Um, because from a stretching the field perspective you don't really have someone uh that does that outside of travis kelsey um the way that uh tyreek did um obviously kincaid is not going to replicate you know the downfield production of tyreek hill but it is just another weapon to kind of move down the field um kelsey is not declining but he is 33 um and i think you want someone who can fit in a little bit better and you look at the options that kansas city has outside of kelsey right now and like the tight end two is like you have Noah Blake Gray. Bell and Noah Gray, Noah Gray. Um, guys, guys who are primarily blockers. Judy Fortson um, is and the other so, roster. Yeah, Fortson. and so Jody Fortson, yeah. I think like those guys outside of Fortson, who's a converted wide receiver but is mostly a special teamer, um, those guys are primarily blockers. And so I think you can hide Kincaid a little bit in that sense. You don't need to ask him to block a ton right away. Um, I don't know that Kincaid's struggles as a blocker are necessarily about like him being bad at it versus him just not being asked to do it very much. Um, obviously, like he comes from 
FCS San Diego where like he was just asked to catch the ball a million times a game because he was the best player. And then he went to Utah where he was asked to catch the ball a million times a game because he was the best player. Um, I think that there's obvious struggles in his blocking, but I think that it's primarily just like something that hasn't been repped for him a ton. Um, I also have a couple people that I know around the Utah program that have said that the reason why Kincaid didn't work out, even though he was probably healthy enough to do it, even though like he wasn't going to put up his best numbers because of the back fracture and everything, but he was healthy enough to work out. Um, but he, uh, the people that I've, uh, talked to have said that like him, him and his camp are confident that he's going in the first round and that's why he hasn't worked out. So that also is just an, an extra little thing that kind of makes me lean towards him over mayor. If that's, you know, the option at 31. So let me ask this note, then we'll wrap up because I, I struggle with Kincaid. He barely got a second round grade for me because he has the physicality of Gumby and being that he's 24 and he really can't block at all. Like, obviously, you're going to the Chiefs and you're going to be doing a lot of aerial stuff, but it's not like Travis Kelsey doesn't ever block. They ask him to do that somewhat frequently. Like, where are your concerns there? Um, My concerns there are uh, Kincaid's only played football for like five or six years. Um, He played one year of high school football. And so, like, yeah, he's 24, um, but it's kind of similar to Will McDonald, actually, who didn't start playing football until he was a uh, senior in high school. Um, like, he doesn't have the experience uh, as a blocker, and that's part of why I think he struggles. Um, I definitely do think it's going to be a problem. But like I said, I think on the Chiefs in particular, um, you're going to a place where you have kind of two blocking tight ends already on the roster outside of Travis Kelsey, and you can have Kelsey block. Um, and so like, it's definitely going to be an issue, but like you have three guys who are pretty decent to above, you know, to above average, to great blockers that he can learn from a and B that can kind of hide him and give him more opportunities in the receiving game and have him basically just play converted wide receiver his first year or two or three. Um, and like, yeah, he's a little bit on the older side. And so like, it, it might not be ideal for like, as Kelsey kind of hits the wall, as he turns like 35, 36, Kincaid's already going to be like 27, 28 or so. But I think it's still going to be something where like you get a, a decent few years out of him with Kelsey on the roster, and then he can kind of transition into a tight end one role. Obviously, you're not going to find the next Travis Kelsey um, just like throwing darts mm-hmm. at a board. So like, I, I don't think it's reasonable necessarily to expect that of him in the first place. Yeah. And, and also, I, I kind of like I kind of like the idea of running kind of twelve personnel with Kincaid and Kelsey. Um, yeah, if, if 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 Kincaid gives you three years of looking like Mark Andrews for like it, to start, I, I think you take that every day and twice on Sunday, especially if you've got Kelsey working the intermediates and you can kind of swap them in and out. I think that's really smart. Perfect, Dave. We haven't heard from you much today. You've been uh, running everything behind the scenes, and we're very appreciative of that. What are your th- overall thoughts of the draft that we we ended up uh, doing tonight? Other than I know you wanted Quentin Johnston, um, <laughs> I did. I did not facilitate any of that. I'm aware yes, that. he did. Yes, he did. That's He's lying. <laughs> I, I, I do. He told us whoever had the pick, he got twenty five dollars <laughs> if you pick Quentin Johnston. Um, <laughs> I would wager a fine uh, beverage that Jerry Jones would have selected Bijan for the Cowboys at that point in time. That other than that, it, it looks fine. I mean, it's it's all on how 
the board falls, you guys came about it with, you know, logic behind it as to what teams need, what they might be looking for. I appreciate that versus just taking the next guy on the board. Uh, it was a good mock draft. You guys did great. And this is what you can get every single Saturday night during college football when we have our sicko spaces on Twitter. <laughs> Um, it, yeah. this, this is great stuff, guys. I greatly appreciate you coming on talking ball. Even, even you, Kevin, considering you can't yeah. spell, Save, um, favor this, Kevin, this is, this is going to be the last place you get from Tyler for a while. You know, they make tools for that. Kevin. It is. Yeah. I still can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> I have Grammarly downloaded. It doesn't help. All right, gentlemen, before uh, we get you out of here, um, I want to give each of you a chance to plug your stuff, um, starting with Alex, and then we'll go to the left. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Katzen, uh, the way that it's spelled on the screen. Um, it's just my name. Um, I write for Chargers Wire, uh, talking about the Chargers, um, kind of the sister site of uh, Tyler's job over with the Vikings. Um, I also uh, am the spreadsheet guy. Um, I am constantly harassed every day by people wanting more and more <laughs> various <laughs> trinkets and things out of me um, in that area. But um, I have a bunch of different databases and stuff that you guys can check out if you want to look at pro day numbers or the combine testing just in like an easier format or whatever it may be. Um, I probably have it. And if I don't, I probably have a plan to have it in the next three to six months. So um, I got a question for on. you, Alex. How are the What's Chargers going to do this year? Um, better, hopefully. <laughs> um, I, I think that, um, you know, with, with Kellen Moore coming in, I I'm optimistic about the offense actually being functional. Um, I have some questions about the defense just with guys coming back from injury and everything, but I think that it's going to be a solid, probably 10, 11 win season. And then we'll see how the playoffs go. Odie wanted to say hi. Oh, <laughs> my favorite dog yeah no he, make, he oh. makes an appearance just about every show the, but he's kind of star, the star of the show <laughs> yeah oh yeah he's the only reason people tune tune in i'll be honest it's that's it's right. all about yeah. odie <laughs> he's the only reason that's the only I'm reason right i agreed now. to come on was for odie so I <laughs> yeah <same. laughs> aj go ahead and plug away my man oh um you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Schulte FB, same as it's spelled here on the graphic. Um, I don't, I don't write or have anything else to plug, so I'm just gonna <laughs> pass it over to Kevin because, yeah. So way to go, Kevin. Plug JP's Twitter, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, J, J, JP does not need it. Okay, JP doesn't need <laughs> just it, so. just do a plug for JP. JP's the only one of us who's like mildly popular so he doesn't need any more followers <laughs> what is it hold on what is it let me see it's at acosta 32 hey. underscore jp yeah. hey, <laughs> i, I, I want to point out that i have more the followers than JP. somehow you do? yeah but uh, yeah. does paris johnson follow you like he does kevin <laughs> yeah you know. paris johnson does follow me that's no, kevin's whole point so right, i guess i'm up <laughs> aj <laughs> what is rpm data uh, it is the company I work for. We're a, a scouting agency, so like we we kind of grade future prospects and present them to uh, present them to agents as clients later on down the road. Gotcha. Kevin, right, Kevin go ahead and plug away. 
All right, you can follow me on Twitter at the Kevin Fielder because I am the only Kevin Fielder. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I am true? contractually obligated to mention that I do write for Tyler at the, uh, Vikings Wire, and if I don't say that, he said I'd get fired. Uh, no, <laughs> but um, I also write about college football and college sports uh, at Underdog Dynasty, and I guess I cover FAU still for hours twenty four seven. Uh, and I am the converted Dolphins fan. I, <laughs> yeah, but I also am the converted Dolphins fan who decided to write about the Dolphins, but colder, and they live in the North, in the Vikings. So, I guess I only like disappointment. <laughs> you know, I'm really disappointed in the three of us guys because when the Dolphins pick came up, none of us made the joke. I don't even think yeah. it was on the. Thing. I think it just skipped yeah, right it over wasn't. it. Yeah. yeah, it kind of just skipped right over it. So I will make that, the joke now. The Dolphins that, didn't have a pick because Steven Ross was too busy flirting with Tom Brady and Sean Payton and literally anyone else with two legs and two arms because that man can't get off his own you know, desire to ruin the Dolphins for half a year. That's true. All right, on that gentlemen, I... I greatly appreciate you coming on. That is it for an extended episode of The Real Forno Show. We will be back later this week with Kevin and the mentioned uh, JP Acosta talking linebackers and defensive linemen as we continue our Skull Search series to talk about all the prospect groups in the NFL draft. Let us know what you thought in the comments. Go ahead, hit do all the fun things, like, subscribe, and let us know what you think of all these picks. I know there are a lot of teams, uh, team fans represented here tonight. Let us know what you thought. Until then, from all the guys and Dave and myself, Tyler, one thing we always say at the end of the show, Skull Vikings. I'm not saying Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. On behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone!